Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I lift up my eyes to the mountain. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreeksupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. All right, guys. Today we have on Mr. Jimmy Inman, the owner and founder of the NSD. Mr. Jimmy, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. So let's start off with, I guess, can you tell the people that don't know what NSD stands for? NSD stands for National Sporting Dogs. Okay, and is there any reason that's the name you come up with, or is there kind of something behind that? Uh, that was just uh, a name me and my partner came up with. Uh, we we tried to – we looked at several different names, uh, National Squirrel Dog, National uh, – you know, several other – names but we didn't want to narrow the name down to just one uh i guess game that we were looking at possibly you know pursuing with hunting dogs yeah you didn't want to pigeonhole yourself exactly so we ended up with uh national sporting dog i got you that's kind of what we've done with our name we didn't want to we want to mainly focus on squirrel dogs but we thought if we wanted to talk about deer dogs or whatever we couldn't do that so all right so how did how did the NSD come up come about? I mean, was was you looking for, you know, something specific, or can you tell well, us how it started? Uh, NSD was actually founded uh, based on a conversation that me and Sean Robinson, which is uh, he was my founding partner, uh, was having here at work one day. Um, Sean was he was telling me about a bass fishing tournament that he had been fishing in and uh, was telling me the format and how it all worked and everything. And as the more he explained it to me, the more I was sitting there thinking, I was like, you know what, I've been, I can make that work, you know, with the squirrel dogs, uh, the competition hunts and, and stuff like that. So the more he talked, the more I listened. And, you know, a few, few days later, I come back with a, a business uh, plan and a format and sat down and talked it over with him. And, and from there, uh, you know, we started national sporting dog LLC, which was formed on, uh, you know, April of 2014, April of 2014. All right. So, so your current year just ended with, I assume you, was you competing at the time? I was, um, I was, uh, hunting, a lot of the people that know me, I come from the original mountain curve. Uh, I hunted. That's that's 
more my breed of dog than I grew up with hunting. Um, and I was uh, helping, you know, run some of the OMCBA hunts and stuff, fell in love with the, with the competition side of it. And, you know, that's whenever we started NSD, it, it was mainly to, uh, you know, allow the, the OMCBA dogs to showcase uh, some of their abilities in a, in a wider range of, uh, you know, competition in an open format yeah i got you um i heard a funny little story today about some gentlemen in a pizza hut oh lord i don't <laughs> huh a, uh, a, a merle seeley and a john stewart and a galen cooper i do i do remember that now that uh, that you say that um yeah we all went to whenever all of this was kind of in the works um John and and Merle and Galen and Sean myself we you know we went and we, I tried to talk it out before we rolled it out I tried to talk to as many hunters as I could to get kind of get their feel if it would even be something that would work yeah uh, there was a there was a lot of uh, a lot of folks that said it wouldn't work uh, but then there were a few folks that that really liked the idea of what we were you know what we were looking at doing and and got on board and, and helped. Yes, sir. I think there at this time is something for everybody. You know what I mean? If you want to hunt open dogs, that you can hunt open dogs for big money. You can hunt open dogs where it's affordable. So I, I really like the NSD. I've yet to hunt a hunt. I helped host a hunt. So, but I like all the, uh, I guess, the way it's laid out, the formats and all. So. I'm a big fan of the NSD, but well, thank you. There, there's a, like I said, in in the initial stages that we didn't start out with a lot of the formats that we've got now. Uh, you know, we just started out. A lot of folks will tell you that that I was dead set on having any type of registry. Uh, that we just wanted to set out and do do the squirrel hunts. Um, that all changed later down the road, but. Like I said previously, those you know, there's a lot of folks that said it wouldn't work, and I guess that kind of gave me a drive to to really push it and try to make it work. Yeah. But uh, of those people uh, that you know liked the idea, and uh, Donnie Gill, he was uh, he was one of those few people that really uh, encouraged me to to sit down and do uh some of these hunts that we're doing now uh, he was very instrumental in, in developing them uh he'd often take his own you know his own time to to go and, and try to get hunt directors uh for our first year uh he he did that solely for his love of you know of the competition hunt as well yes sir. so he but uh, Donnie, he, he hosted the very first hunt that we had. Uh, it was held, you know, September the 13th, uh, 2014 at the Indiana, Southern Indiana Squirrel Hunter Association. And uh, thinking back on funny stories, you know, the, Donnie, he, he was such a kind hearted person. He opened his, his house up for several of us to stay at for that first hunt. 
and many hunts beyond that. But uh, I, I remember they was him and his wife Sherry, it, some of the nicest people, and and they was a why in the world they would let a, a bunch of Tennessee boys come and stay with them. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, but he did. And, uh, Donnie was just a, he's a super guy and a great friend. And, and he, he helped me a lot get, you know, get the formats and stuff were in the initial stages to, to roll it out. I got you. So I heard you say Tennessee boys, what part of Tennessee y'all from? Are you from? Uh, I'm actually in Crossville, Tennessee. Uh, that's where me and Sean uh, Robinson live, and uh, we're based. You know, that's that's where all of your mail, anything you send, is uh, comes to. I got you. All right. So NSD was started in April of 2014. You said the first hunt was in September of 2014. Yep. Um. Leading up to that, did y'all have a lot of participation? Well, you said you didn't have a registry at the beginning, did you? No, uh-uh. we just started out with, uh, you know, with the the squirrel hunts. It, that, I mean, I was like I said, I initially uh, didn't want anything to do with the registry. We just wanted to have the squirrel hunts, and and it wasn't later until we started the junior programs that we realized that we had to have some type of registry, uh, you know, to keep up with the dates of birth and the age of the dogs. So, so yeah. So if it was just an open hunt, it didn't matter. You didn't need a registry. Did. Run what you brought, Correct. whatever you wanted to hunt. Correct. All right. So the September hunt, uh, do you know if y'all, y'all had a lot of participation? I'm thinking I'd have to go back and look, but I'm thinking we had 12, 15 dogs that first hunt. Uh, I do know that Chad Murphy won that hunt with Festus. Nice. Um, it was, uh, that was her very, very first one. And, uh, I do remember that part of it. Do you remember how many dogs y'all had the first year? Uh, first year, um, I don't remember. I want to say we had a little over a hundred enrolled, uh, which means, you know, they participate in at least one event. Uh, I do know the first year we had 15 divisions in seven states and ended up having, I think we had 43 total hunts that year. The first year? The very first year. Wow. Now, yeah. was was a state was there state races in all the first year, or does that come about over the years? No, they're, they're, the very first year all it was was just uh, squirrel hunts, and you had to hunt. Uh, we had a qualification system for the world hunt. Uh, you had to hunt in two division hunts in the same division or uh, four hunts total. And over the years, we didn't add the, the points races and stuff until later on down the road. So basically, the, the division hunts were set up to qualify for the world hunt. Now, the- uh is the world hunt at the same place it is now? Uh, no, the very first world hunt was held uh, at the Southern Indiana Squirrel Hunters Club. It was actually held at the Perry County Coon Hunters Club. Uh, it was hosted by the Southern Indiana Squirrel Hunter Association, and that was in Tail City, Indiana. I got you. 
All right. So y'all had a pretty successful first year, I'd assume. It probably went a lot better than you you thought. Is it? It it did. Uh, we ended up uh, that first year we had eighty five dogs qualified for the world hunt and ended up uh, having forty four of them entered. Wow. So that's that's a nice world hunt. Yeah, it, it, for the very first year, we were we were very pleased. Uh, I would like to. I, I wrote, I jotted down the the names of the division uh, hunt directors for that first year. Yeah, and I'd like to. I'd like to give them a shout out because they. Let's have them. They, uh, you know, they were the very first ones to ever hold these hunts and and really uh, believed in what we were doing and and got it started. So I just want to give them. A, a quick shout out yes sir come on uh we had uh chris sproul was in arkansas division one bradley Miller was in georgia division one donnie gill was indiana division one bucky jeffrey was indiana division two steve mullen was indiana division three dustin mcgowan was kentucky division one glenn hamilton was kentucky division two herbie hicks was kentucky division three Junior Mills and Les Hart was Kentucky Division Four. Uh, Stephen Ball was Mississippi Division One. Uh, Chuck Coomer was Missouri Division One. Greg Maynard was Ohio Division One. Mitch Coleman was Ohio Division Two. Uh, C.D. Dameron was West Virginia Division One, and Sean and myself hosted Tennessee Division. Nice. That that had to mean a lot for them guys to to you know get started at the beginning when it really wasn't nothing but a, a dream, I guess, at the time. Yeah. And they, they, you know, they were a, a good bunch of guys that, that, you know, helped because shoot, we were just learning as we went as well. Yeah. So now I guess, how did y'all come up with the rules? Did there are mostly all, all right, for the people that don't know most squirrel hunting rules are all the same there's little bitty things inside of each one that make each of them different but what come about to make you come up with the subtle differences from yours and say omcbas and the umcas are pretty much the same so well what i'd done was i sat down with omcba nkc ukc um USDC, um, UMCA, I sat down with every one of them and the, you know, I was used to OMCBA style hunt. So, I mean, um, that's what a lot of it was based off of, but there was, there's a lot of good stuff in each one of them that, uh, you know, that, that really needed to be in an overall rules package, uh, so that that's kind of how we that and a lot of long conversations with uh, Donnie Gill, Greg Maynard, uh, Rod Hardy, several other folks that uh, I hate to start naming names, but because I know I'll forget some folks. But yeah, a lot of lengthy conversations to to try to get the rules where they are, you know, today. Hey. Have they changed? Has any of them changed since you started them? Yeah, we we I wouldn't necessarily changed. Uh, they have been modified and added to. 
uh, I'm, of course, I'm I'm union president here for for the company, you know, that I work for, work for, uh, and I'm real stickler on black and white language. Yeah. Because uh, if you got black and white language, there's no gray area to be arguing about most of the time. But I'm also a realist. You can't really uh, write a rule for every situation that's going to happen in the woods either. We'd be carrying around a, yeah. you know, encyclopedia if, if you know, you I just couldn't that. do that. So, but that's that's where you know we just sat down and tried to come up with the best rules that we could to, to try to promote the dog that treats the most squirrels i got you so we got the first year out of the way uh it was just it was not a registry it was just hunts y'all had uh i guess to qualify for the world y'all had a world hunt in indiana and so what come what come about year two did anything change well let's let, let's go back to year one the okay. world hunt let's uh, go just just because that that was our you know our very first world hunt uh greg maynard ended up winning that that event with uh looney's 2020 hummer and hummer that year uh i mean hummer was putting on a show about everywhere he went that year he, yes, he was the he was one of the dogs to beat he ended up scoring uh 1300 points and three 90 minute rounds and one 60 minute round for the wow. whole hunt I mean, he was, he was putting on a clinic, uh, that day. So, uh, I just wanted to, to point that out because that it being the first one and, and him doing what he done that whole year, he, he deserves Greg and Hummer deserves credit for that. Yeah. That's, that's tree and squirrels right there. It sure was. I got you. So did y'all have a, a night hunt? Do y'all have coon hunts for the world that uh we that come about in 2015 i think and uh i'll just be honest with you i'm not a coon hunter uh, we had it we we started the coon series mainly to accommodate some of the you know the cur and treating cur guy that wanted to, to coon you know coon hunt we didn't yeah. have strike points and stuff like that so it, it wasn't really designed to be uh, any type of competition for you know, the coon hunting organization basically you know something for the the summertime uh you know guys that do in the summertime but well, well the guys that travel up there if they can hunt two different things instead of one while they're there that's that's true but it they was i'm not a coon hunter i'm not gonna lie about it uh a lot of times at the at the world hunt me and Sean still be up when the squirrel hunters rolled in. Yeah. From the, from the coon hunt. And it just. That would get old. Oh, it got old quick. So, uh, coon hunters, that, I mean, we appreciate everybody that participated in the series. Uh, we tried to do the best, you know, that we could with it, but it, it was never designed to, you know, to really be, uh, what I, me and Sean went down to, I think it was in 2014, we went down to the Winter Classic and the uh, UKC Winter Classic. We we met uh, Galen Cooper, introduced us to Mark Zepp, and uh, yeah. he was, he, he'd already heard a little bit about what we were doing, and 
you know, trying. I, I wish we would have kind of listened to his advice. It'd been a lot easier on me and Sean, but he he told us he said just stick with what you're doing the best and and stay with your squirrel hunts and and really push them and promote them, and and you'll do good. Well, uh, we don't listen very well, evidently. <laughs> so, well. Uh, got to learn by trial and error, I guess. Well, we did. We we tried the coon hunts and we tried the squ- uh, the rabbit hunts and and enjoyed all of it. And we met a lot of nice people along the way. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm a squirrel hunter, uh, or used to be a squirrel hunter. <laughs> uh, Sean, he was a fisherman, so he didn't qualify for any. <laughs> <laughs> fisherman running squirrel hunts. Yeah. I got you. So, are you ready to roll into year two? Anything year change two? year two? Uh, yeah, in year two, uh, we added a few larger events. Uh, we added the Ironman, which was actually the national championship Ohio State hunt and a $200 pro hunt all held in one weekend, full elimination. So, right. yeah, Greg Maynard, uh, he was the one to come up with that hunt. Uh, he hosted he hosted that event 2015 and 2016. Um, wow. Greg Greg also uh, he I guess um, had Brad Gaston uh, told him about what we were doing. Had him uh, give us a call. They were looking to put a they had a big uh, coon hunt PKC coon hunt over in South Carolina. Uh, Greg got, you know, had Brian give us a call. We ended up putting a squirrel hunt on side by side with PKC uh, over in South Carolina, which come, you know, it, it came to be known as the Garmin Clash for Cash. Yeah. So, uh, but I, with all that being said, I guess, I, you know, I'd like to take just a second and, and brag on Greg because uh, that's one thing Greg's always done. He's, he's always wanted to promote quality hunts and yeah. uh he's been a great asset to to the squirrel dogs and and you know he's he's helped get it to where you know all the organizations are today well it's a, a lot of people don't realize how much work it is to promote a hunt i mean it's it's a it's a lot of work it's uh, not easy and to be honest uh the promoters don't really break even i know you give money back to them to try to help them break even but i mean if you give away nice plaques or whatever people are doing it out of the goodness of their heart they're not doing it and making money right we tried to design the the series where because you know a lot of organizations was requiring them to put a an ad in the full cry was having them to do uh buy a certain number of plaques give so many placements away um we saw real quick the first year we done plaques for for all the hunts and we saw real quick out of 43 hunts you're gonna have a lot of plaques just piling up collecting dust so we went back and and reformatted the the payout scale. I don't know if we, we had the same payout scale. Anyway, we quit doing the plaques um, and tried to make it to where the club's not out any money up front, you know, yeah. to host a, an NSD uh, squirrel. So um, we tried to, to where 
most of the clubs was putting on uh, shooting matches and things like that, trying to raise money. We wanted to present them with something that they could make money doing what they enjoy doing instead of having yeah. to come up with other creative activities. Yeah, raffles and and yeah. match shooting stuff. Yeah, I get it. Because at the end of the day, it all costs money. You know, a, a lot of people don't understand how much plaques or whatever adds up to. I mean, if you have donuts, all that little nitpicky stuff, at the end of the day, you might be out a couple of hundred dollars to host a hunt for somebody to come and enjoy. Yeah, and it's, you know, the... The division hunts, I've always tried to explain them as the division hunts are more for the club. Uh, come out, support your club. It's, it's, we pay out money, uh, on the $30 division hunts, but it's not, that's mainly the money that the club would have had to spend on plaques or something like that. It's not, it's gas money. It's not a, a big amount of money. It's, it's just a way that you can come out and support your club and help them keep the lights on. Yeah. I got you. So, uh, at what point did y'all get into, are you ready to get into when y'all started having registries or do you have, do you want to cover anything else before we get into that? Well, going back to, to Greg, he, he introduced us to me and Sean to Rod Hardy at the, I guess it was our first world hunt, 2014 world hunt. And, uh, Rod was a, he was a huge contributor, you know, in helping, uh, move the squirrel program forward as well. Yes, sir. So, uh, but just though, though Donnie, Greg, uh, Rod, they, they've been several Galen Cooper. They've been several folks that we've spent many, several long hour conversations with that, uh, that helped move, you know, move us where we're at today. So I just, like to thank them you know for what they've done yes sir it takes a team normally you know different people see different things different ways and it's handy to see <laughs> yeah yeah me, me and donnie would we'd sit and fuss and argue for hours on end uh just to come i'm thinking it was a dialect thing because just come find out at the end we were saying the exact same thing just different ways so <laughs> but but yeah it's it takes it takes a bunch of folks to get because everybody sees things different, you know. Uh, everybody has different opinions on how things should be. So it, it's you try to get a consensus and, and do the best you can and, and go on with it. If it don't work, you, you got to be able to, to say, hey, this don't work and go back and fix it. Yes, sir. I got you. So um, let's let's get into the. What what year did y'all start the registries or the registry? Uh, I want to say, let's see. Well, let's go back to 2016. That's when we started our points races. Okay. All right. 2016. Uh, we'll try to stay on a timeline here a little bit. But 2016. So this will be your uh, third correct. year, correct? It'd be the. Yeah, and the way our series year, if you hear me say 2016, that goes from our world hunt previous world hunt to our world hunt march so our series year we call it a series year it runs from world hunt to world hunt so it's usually march to march okay um, so this year 2022 will actually run all the way through march of 2023 yes sir so so, so is this going to be the third year in that y'all started the points race yes yes okay be the third year uh 
Perina and Galen Cooper, uh, they, Perina sponsors still to this day all of our uh, champion points races. Um, the 2016, I think we did, uh, we didn't have all the races that we have today. I think we, we just had the state race, uh, dog of the year race. And at that time, we didn't have the junior race because we didn't, you know, hadn't started the registry yet. And uh, I think we had uh, we had a senior handler of the year race and a team. We called it a team handler of the year race. Yeah. Uh, so we ended up uh, starting those. Uh, and I guess we had um, we started that, and then the national championship for the following year. The point we, we qualified for the national championship through the points races from the previous year uh initially which we we've changed that now but yeah. we'll get into that in just a little bit but can, can you while we're talking about the handlers what qualifies i think now is it a junior or is it still a team no we we now uh we've got three handler races uh what's the age groups well I won't say 14 to 17 is the junior. The freshman is 13 and under, I think. Um, and then, of course, your senior handlers is, is that. Don't hold me to those ages, but it's it's roughly right there. I'd have to go look just to be certain. I got you. Well, age group, but check, check on the website, but that should be close. Well, I can, let's see. I'll just tell you right quick. That way we that way we got it out there and it's all I got you. Official here. So um, twenty sixteen y'all started the state race. You said dog of the year? Dog of the year and race. Handler race. Uh, and I think breed races as well. Oh, so y'all started them all that year. Yeah, we started once we started it it went uh yeah, we started them all all at once. Okay. Except for except for the junior dog of the year, we there was a couple of them we added, uh, especially the division. But the junior division is anyone who is fourteen years of age but younger than seventeen. So, uh, and the sophomore division is is under fourteen years of age. I got you. So if you're seventeen, you hunt in the senior. It says uh, at the at the conclusion of the previous world hunt. Okay. So you may be you you may be seventeen as long as you were under the age of seventeen at the previous world hunt. I got you. You'll be eligible for a junior division. Okay. All right. So let's get into these. Do you have some st- statistics for the breed races and all when you first started them? I didn't know if you. Uh, well i went back to try and it's not very easy to pull uh on the breed races um basically you know the the way and it's not really i guess we have to explain the breed races a little bit we we kind of created what we call breed groups uh it's not an actual individual breed race per se 
we have four four breed groups. Uh, you've got the mountain cur, which is the all of the registrable mountain curs, you know, whether it be OMCBA, UMCA, Stevens cur, Kimmer cur, uh, Legacy mountain cur. All those participate in the mountain cur breed group. Okay. Uh, Trend curs participate in the trend cur. Uh, all before we go before we go any farther people that don't know what a tree and curry is that is a hound crossed over a cur uh or it could be our definition of tree and cur is uh, any a cur bred to any other you know uh hunting dog okay. or uh uh so a cur cross dog. with something besides a cur correct Okay. All right. It could be hound. It could be bird dog. It could be uh, feist. It could be, you know, any of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, but to, to be considered what we call tree and cur. Okay. So you got tree, you got tree and cur and original mountain cur. What else? Just mountain cur. Um, the the mountain sorry. cur covers, yeah, the mountain cur covers all of the, the cur dogs. And then uh, you've got your feist uh, breed group, uh, which is your feist, uh, ex-feist, which is your crossbred feist. Uh, the ex-feist could be, you know, a feist crossed over a hound, crossed over a cur, crossed over a bird dog, uh, whatever, as long as it meets the 18-inch minimum. So, so if somebody brings in a dog – and reg, single registers it in the NSD, and it meets the feist qualifications. Can it hunt in the feist breed race? It it can, as long as it's not uh, a registered cur in another organization. It can't. You can't have a OMCBA dog come in and register as a feist. You know, with us. Okay. Well, ha, have you had anybody try to sneak it in there? Uh, no, not really. I mean, uh, most everybody's forthcoming because we've got it rode, especially in the FICE, uh only hunts. You know, it's rode in there where that's a no-no. Okay. All right. So that's our uh, that's that all our divisions, two feist, a tree and cur, and a cur. Yeah, we got uh, four four breed groups: mountain cur, tree and cur, feist, uh, feist, and then all the hound breeds are lumped into the hound breed group. Okay, all right. And then you also have state races, which is a race for each state has their own points race. Correct. That is correct. We, uh, in order for a state to be eligible for a state race they have to hold at least five division hunts uh, within that state and only the points from those division hunts and what we call a division hunt it could be a division or a state hunt uh, a state hunt is a title hunt for that has double points that's just uh, it's one of the hunt directors division hunts with a state title it's still a 30 dollar yeah. event but the points are doubled on the end the, for for champion points only, so the champion titles only. So uh, for state races, your points not double, correct? It's only single points, correct? 
right, and then y'all have uh, what other do y'all have, y'all have handler races still? What is there any other races y'all have? Oh, we got the state races, the breed races, the dog of the year race, the junior uh, dog of the year race, which is the junior dogs. Um, what qualifies a dog to be a junior in NSD? A junior NSD dog is a permanently registered dog that's been litter registered through the DNA registry. And I guess I might as well go ahead and get into this. Uh, we have a, there's a little bit of confusion where we started out with just the squirrel hunts and no registry. Um, we have what we call an annual enrollment. Uh, the squirrel hunts, the NSD what I call the NSD squirrel series hunts, you have to pay an annual enrollment fee of $25. Uh, we decided going back to the OMCBA stuff that I used to, to help with, it was almost every hunt that we were trying to track down uh, folks to get their memberships paid, whether it be for the owner, the handler, somebody didn't pay their membership and we were trying to track all that down. So I knew right off, I didn't want to have any type of membership, uh, for, you know, the NSD. Um, we, we decided to go, we knew we had to come up with some kind of recurring, uh, annual charge to generate the, the funds for the, the, initially world hunt payout and then uh eventually it rolled into the uh points races dog of the year race so Mm -hmm. that that's how we generate the funds to you know pay out those dog of the year uh points races and, and things that we pay out so basically the annual enrollment is kind of like a membership fee for the dog uh you have to pay that 25 dollar annual enrollment each year which it runs through the world hunt yeah so a lot of folks they they get that confused with registering in the in the dna registry but the dna registry come along a little bit later so you've got your annual squirrel series enrollment if you you don't have to register your dog in the dna registry it's it's mainly for breeders to uh litter register and to make the puppy those puppies eligible for the junior hunts well if you just want to hunt an nsd hunt on the open side you have to come and and you'll pay that 25 dollar enrollment fee well that that's kind of like a membership based on the dog so uh that's the dog's annual membership pretty much without us saying a dog had to be a member and you have a a handler's fee correct uh well we (laughs) There's a funny story how the handler license uh, come about, and several folks know that story, but I'm not going to get into it. But okay. um, well, it's $10. We, uh, it's $10 license fee, and basically, uh, whenever we first started, we didn't have uh, we didn't have the ability, I guess you would say, to should somebody not, you know. Uh, get in a fight or, or have some type of unsportsman, uh, unsportsmanlike conduct. We didn't really have a way of suspending someone for, uh, misconduct. Yeah. So that's, that's 
after speaking to her attorney and all that stuff. That's kind of how the handler license come about. Uh, you do the, the handler license agreement that, and that, that gives us something to uh, revoke, suspend, you know, uh, all that good stuff. It, should we have to? We, we, that way you don't punish the dog, you punish the person. Right, because it's not, you know, it's not the dog's yeah. fault. So if he sold the dog, if he got suspended or, or indefinitely banned, he could sell the dog and it's gets a, you know, it's not Broken. permanently marked. Right, there. right. Now, is the $10 fee reoccurring every year or is that a one-time? No, it's, it's a lifetime license. So after your first year, initially, every year after that is $25 to enroll for the year. For enrollment for per, the squirrel series. Per yes. dog. Per dog. Per dog. And, well, the, and the reason that is is because the dog accumulates points for the series. You know, so each dog, it, you know, if you've got a handler with multiple dogs, it's not, it's not really, uh, you know, right. They're, they're having multiple opportunities to win that money off a yeah. $25 fee if you don't charge each dog. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah, if somebody has four dogs and they, you know, only pay one fee, it's not quite as fair as if you're only hunting one dog and paying the same. Exactly. Everybody should have the same amount of money invested. All right. So in 2016, y'all started the points race. Do you remember who won? Does any of that wrote down who won the, the classifications? Uh, 2016. No, I didn't go back and write. We, we've had so many. I didn't want to pick just, I got you. You know, I, I didn't want to pick what year we, we went and, and named off. Cause we'd be here all night if I went through and named all of them. Oh, I got you. Now, while we're talking about breeds, LMC, for the people that don't know, can you tell them what that means and kind of why it, that is? Yeah. LMC is legacy mountain Cur. And that is a breed that we started uh, in March of 2017. No, I take it back. It was uh, September of 2019. The, the DNA registry, to go back just a little bit, actually started in March of 2017. Okay. And that's when we started uh, registering. Uh, and, and to go off the registry, the... The DNA registry, every dog that is registered with NSD is DNA profiled. So when you get a set of NSD, if you single register a dog, you'll notice that there's no uh, pedigree information whatsoever on it. Yeah. Uh, whenever the, you know, you get the uh, permanent registration papers back, it will have the, you know, if you permanently register a puppy, it will have the parentage on it, and we have run, actually ran the test to prove that, uh, certify that that puppy is actually out of those two uh, uh, dogs that's listed on the pedigree. For, for the people that don't know this and think that you can tell 55 years ago what the dog was crossed with, can you tell them exactly what you can tell with DNA? The DNA that we use is only for parentage purposes only. All, all the DNA profile does is prove that the puppy is actually out of the mama and the daddy. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you breed a litter of puppies, 
you swab the puppy's mouth, which you have to, I assume, get a lid. You have to get a litter. Uh, what do you do through the NSD to have a litter of puppies? Let's do that. Okay. Well, you you have to have, there again, we have to have a breeder's license. It's a $10 lifetime fee. Uh, we've actually got three, I want to say 370, close to 375 licensed breeders right now. Wow. Um, the, basically, you'll complete the breeder's license, send it in. You can do it all at once. Uh, we'll sign the number and get, you know, get, fill the form in for you, the litter registration. But the dogs have to be registered in the DNA registry. Uh, you send in the litter registration. It, the, the cost is $6 per puppy. Okay. Uh, you have an option of doing what we call a breeder's reward program. Uh, that is a payout to the breeder should one of those puppies be eligible for the junior uh, we, junior showcase and got a couple of things that I'm going to talk about towards the end on, on that, but, okay. um, should that one of those puppies wins the junior showcase, the breeder gets a thousand dollar payout. Um, in order to be eligible for that program, there's a $25 litter enrollment fee, uh, breeder's reward program, litter enrollment fee. So, 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 so both parents have to be DNA registered in NSD. And then you file the $25 to have a, a puppy, a litter registration. It's $6, $6 a puppy for the litter registration application. Okay. And then it's an optional $25 if you want to enroll in the breeder's reward program. Okay. Uh, and then they swab the puppies and they send it off to a well, outside uh, source. They, after, after you get the, the, uh, after we receive the litter registration, we send out puppy papers just like any other organization does. Uh, those puppy papers will then be given to the to the new owners. The new owners have six months to get those papers sent back in uh, for a forty dollar registration fee um, to be eligible for the junior hunts. Uh, if they don't get them in within the six months, they can go. Uh, up to nine months, but there's a $30 late fee on top of that. Okay. Uh, if they don't get the puppy paper sent in by nine months of age, then the puppy's ineligible to participate in the junior hunts. Okay. All right. But I'm just, for the people that don't understand, so you swab the puppy's mouth and send it to a lab. Yes, the new the new owner, once they hand off that puppy paper to the new owner, they'll send in, you know, the, the registration application. We'll send them a DNA kit that will have an assigned number to it. Uh, it will have two swabs. They'll swab the dog uh, with both of those swabs, put it back in the paper envelope, enclose it into the uh, self-addressed envelope that comes with the kit, and they drop it in the mail. And for most of the time, uh, it usually takes three to four weeks for me to get the uh, swab, you know, the profile back and the paperwork printed up and done. Now, here lately, that's been, uh, I don't know if most folks know this, but NSD doesn't, we don't have a full staff. It's just me. Uh, I do all the paperwork. I do all the I, I'm a 
man of many hats. Uh, <laughs> do all the IT work. I do website, app. Uh, you know, I do pretty much all of it. Uh, so if I work a full-time job with a local telephone company, so if I sometimes I get busy and and it is a delay just a little bit. It's not because I'm neglecting uh, neglecting it or not trying to get it done. It's just that uh, I got to feed my family first. So yes, sir. Uh, but I haven't I haven't not got a set of dog papers to somebody yet. Uh, and the only way I want is something happens to me. So I get you. Uh, just be patient because I will get it done. Well, we're um, talking. Well, we're talking about registering dogs. If Joe Blow off the street has an original Mountain Cur that his, neither parent was in the NSD, can he register his dog in the NSD and then have puppies off of his dog? He sure can. It'll be they would do a single registration and it would be a uh, registered as a Mountain Cur. Okay, so they would buy the $40 DNA, mm -hmm. and what else do you have to have to single register it? That's, that's it. We don't care what you know uh, breed it is. It's being registered as a mountain cur, as long as it's OMCBA or one of the registrable breeds, UMCA, OMCBA, Kimmer, uh, Stevens. As long as it's one of those, it can be registered as a mountain cur. Uh, of course, the trend curves are registered as a trend curve, but um, it can be registered as a mountain curve, single registered, and it'll be the only one that shows up on its pedigree. So we don't need any, we don't, we don't do any pedigree information that we've not verified. And, and then if somebody has a, if, if he had a male and then somebody had a female, that, or if he had the female also, and it was the same way, he could single register her. And then if Correct. they had a litter of puppies together, then them puppies, if that were, everything was taken care of in a proper amount of time, they could be eligible for the puppy race, correct? Yeah, that's correct. They'd be eligible for all the junior programs, uh, NSD junior programs, and the NSD uh, junior showcase. I think I asked earlier, but what was the, the age you had to be under a certain age to hunt in the junior hunts? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we got around to it. I think you asked, but we never made it that far. Uh, the age cutoff is th they can't be no older than three years of age as of like January the 1st of that, of the, you know, world hunt. If they're, if they are younger than three years of age, uh, if they turn three years old, uh, January the 1st or however that works right there. I've got it wrote into the program. Uh, they'll still be eligible to compete as a junior uh, dog, you know, at the uh, junior showcase. They, so you may be, you may have a dog that's uh, three years and two months old. Yeah. Because uh, the way the, the way the squirrel series falls, uh, you know, they've already participated half of their, of that year as a junior. So we didn't see it, you know, we didn't think it was right to say, I hope you're out, you know, and not no. let them finish the, finish the year. So it's three, three years and under is general rule. So, so if it turns three, January the 2nd, generally it's, 
Either hurt. January 2nd or January 1st. I can't remember exactly. Uh, I'd have to look at the specific. I think as long as they're three years old, January the 1st, they're eligible. Okay. Uh, or if they're, or, or it could be if they turn three years old, January 1st, then they're uh, ineligible. I'd have to go back and, and verify. But it's it's one day right there. That's the, that's the cutoff date is January 1st. Okay. All right. So – for the people that want to know how to get the DNA registry, he has a, uh, a app. Is it? It's on Android and on iTunes. I'm I'm pretty sure. It is. And it's NSD. Is there anything besides? You'll, you'll have to search if you're searching in the app stores. It's National Sporting Dog. If you'll search for it, it'll pop right up. And on on that on that webs on that app, he has. A store, you go to the store and it has every one of them right there. Correct? That's correct. Also uh, on we, that app, you have a hunt a calendar for hunts. Yep, we've got the about basically what we've done is we created the app to for folks to navigate a lot easier. It, it's all the same information that can be found on our website. But the app just makes it so much easier to to navigate and and find stuff. Yes, sir. And and it's a, a well laid out app in my opinion. And I think you done it, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Any uh, we everything that that we've done with National Sporting Dog, minus a few printing stuff here and there. Uh, we we've done it all in house. So the app, the website. Uh, Pictures, like I said, I, I wear many hats, uh, <laughs> photographer, website designer, uh, registrar. Uh, I, I got a long list, so I, I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. And also on that app, you can type in a dog's name. And if the dog's registered, it normally, it pops up. There's sections for all kind of information you can research on there. Yeah, you can uh, verify LMC registration. Um, the the DNA registration status page. I'm having some issues with it. Uh, I've got a the the lab has changed their website, and I'm having trouble exporting the information that I need to update that. So I'm trying to come up with some way of, of creating a status page where you can check on your registration where it's at. Um, there's usually four stages. Um, the labs waiting the stat, you know, waiting the swabs. Uh, swabs have been received. Could be that they the first sample wasn't uh, wasn't good, so they're going to uh, process and second swab. Uh, and then you've got your DNA complete. Uh, so it's I'm trying to figure out a way of getting that status page back up where yeah. everybody can pay, you know keep up where where their registrations at, what stage it's at. Yeah, and for the hunts, it's labeled something. It's not labeled hunts. It's events. It's upcoming events. Upcoming events, and it'll pull up yep. all the upcoming events, and it has pretty much everything, every state that's got a registered hunt at this moment, correct? Yeah, it's got uh, – you should – when you go to upcoming events, and I think it's labeled upcoming events on the app. If not, it's labeled events. Um, but when you pull that up, it'll give you the option of going to the squirrel NSD squirrel series, uh, LMC events or fast events. 
Uh, and also, that, that app has all kinds of stuff on it. It has a store you can buy hoodies. It's got, what else is on that app? Uh, it's, yeah. it, it's got the rules. If you're I looking for the rules, it, it's got the rules on there. It's got the, the squirrel series form. It's got your handler license. It's got your breeder's license. It's got uh, your squirrel uh, squirrel series and uh, entry card. It's got uh, about any, I mean, anything you need from NSD, you can find it on the app or the website. The uh, one thing I would like to, a lot of folks say, well, I'm having trouble finding my, my dog on, on here or my handler license. Uh, for some odd reason, I haven't quite figured it out yet. If you type your name in and you auto-select your name, if it pops up and you automatically select it, a lot of times it puts a blank space uh, past your name. Yep. And for some reason, it will not. If you do that, it will not uh, do that. So what I suggest and recommend to folks that call me, uh, just type your last name or your first name or your uh, dog's uh, call name, you know, that you, you call it by, uh, don't try to put the whole name in there. Cause if you got one character off, it won't show up. Okay. But if you do that, it'll pull up a whole list of every dog that's enrolled or whatever you're looking for. It'll pull up every handler, breeder, whatever, with the same name that you punched in there. Yeah. That's and and that thing has, like I said, it's got the rules. You even have, uh, qualifications for state race standings and such on there so you got all the champion points races you've got uh the uh any dna products that you need dna registry products it's got the champions uh squirrel champions grand champions hall of fame uh it's got the lmc format vice program format uh about anything like i said anything you need uh, you'll be able to find it right there on that app. All right. And is there anything else on that about that app do you, that you'd like to say before we get off of that? I kind of, while I was talking about the DNA, I figured somebody would want to know how to get it. So while we was talking about it, we might as well talk about it. Yeah. And it's, uh, like I said, it's, it has all the standings, state race, uh, you know, all the points races. You can go and see where you're standing. Uh, on there we do have you can get to the online pedigree system i know we haven't really talked about it uh that's a super cool uh pedigree system to look at because uh you can go in and do uh, reverse pedigree lookups which displays all the, the offspring of each dog you can look at the breeding you can show uh if you're a sire owner you can go in and see how many uh Offspring's been registered out of each litter you've right, you know, that that's been registered. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff on the online pedigree system. Well, I didn't, I, I didn't know, which I don't breed dogs, but it is pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a nice, uh, you can use it as a study guide and, and see where, you know, what, what dogs have been registered out of what sire and stuff. So it, it's, it's nice. Yes, sir. All right, so I guess at that moment we can get off the app, and I've asked about the LMC three times. So <laughs> let, let's talk about the LMC. You, you started that for what? 
Well, the the legacy mountain cur, um, it was discussed with several. I, you know, I discussed earlier that I come from the original mountain cur side. Uh, I'd already been tossing the idea around of of actually starting a a mountain cur breed with the DNA that you know where you're not having any outside influence uh, coming in. Uh, you know, being false paper dogs, whatever you want to say, uh, it was started to to try to develop and promote, uh, you know, the mountain cur dogs and, and preserve the heritage of the mountain curs of what, you know, has been raised for, for many years without any outside influence. Okay. And, and what year did you say you opened that? Well, we, we started the Legacy Mountain Cur Breed September of 2019. We opened the books. Uh, it was right towards the end of September. So the books was for the foundation stock was open roughly three months. And do you know how many dogs were registered? In During that, uh, in that three months, there was roughly, I want to say, well, we, let me go back. We opened it back up in August of 2020 for five days. So that because we had a lot of folks that didn't get in that, that figured out what we were doing and, and really wanted in the program. Uh, so we went back and opened it for five more days. After we opened it, there was roughly between, I never could really pull a, a true number, but it was between seven and 800 foundation dogs. So, so the LMC dogs that we have today, all of them uh, started from 700 original, 7,800. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's, that's a healthy sum. If you can't find what you're looking for out of all them, then. That's a, that's a good gene pool. Uh, I think the original mountain cur, when they started their breed, it, it started with 200. Well, so we, we got the LMC now. There is no way if, for the people that don't know, if the dogs was not registered LMC, it don't matter what you got cur dog wise, it cannot be registered LMC now. The only way you can have register LMC dogs now is out of two LMC parents to be litter registered. And the benefit of an LMC dog is if somebody has an LMC hunt or the LMC junior world hunt. Do y'all have a senior world hunt for the LMC? Yes, we do. Okay. So that's the only way you can hunt that is if your dog is registered LMC, correct? Yes. LMC, all the LMC events is, uh, it's a legacy mountain curb breed uh, event. So the dogs have to be registered, uh, you know, as an LMC breed. So, so essentially, and, and I know that it's, you probably don't want me to make this comparison, but it would be equal to a OMCBA hunt, but your, your, your definition of LMC, correct? Correct. It's, it's yes. not an open it's a, hunt. It's a, it's you a, cannot run it's what a breed you run. Specific, yeah. It's a breed specific hunt. Okay. All right. So do you know how many dogs are registered in the LMC right now? Right now, uh, I've got a 
batch come, fixing to come out, but as of right now, there's right at 1150 LMC dogs. Wow. So out of, uh, out of, uh, roughly, uh, we're, we're right at 2,400 dogs that's been actually registered in the, in the DNA registry. So well, I was going to get to that. So there's 2,400 dogs registered in NSD. Now that's every breed, correct? Yes, that's in the the DNA registry. Yes, that seems like a lot of dogs. I know it's a, it's been a lot of paperwork. I know yeah. that. But, but. Well, I guess what I'm trying to wrap my head around is is for the most part, um, I know uh, NSD is a a great registry, but I mean most people get in the NSD competition hunt, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I mean that's that's what we were established on you know we we created nsd for the competition side uh we started the the registry uh one so that breeders can uh have faith in you know the especially the the puppy purchasers uh have faith in what they're getting that it's actually out of what you know what they say it's out of um we have we have caught uh four or five maybe six litters that uh, the the dogs wasn't actually out of what was listed on the on the papers now was those found to be intentional or accidental no those were we haven't found any that was intentional uh we we were able to go back and verify the the we we actually did go back and find what uh male it was that that got to the female so it it got to be registered anyways it just happened to be different papers just different papers we just we we strive to you know with the dna we try to verify all the parentage on the papers um while we're talking about that the paper side of it does the dna have to be sent off before the litter is born or can you do that afterwards well, it'll have to be afterwards because they, for the litter, are you talking about for... What if somebody had old Jip, had a Jip, and the guy had a NSD registered dog? And he told a guy, he said, man, she, he's like, my dog come in heat. I'd like to breed to your male. And the guy's like, the only way I'll breed to it is if it's NSD registered. Could he send the paper, get pay for the DNA registry... Because it's going to be what sixty days before the puppies are born. Mm-hmm. Can he send it off at the same time as her getting bred, and then that work like that? that yeah, that's what I would suggest because it it does take a little bit of time to get it done. Uh, you can send it in with the, the litter registration, but you're talking, you know, if you wait till after the puppies are born, you know, the the new owners is. You've only got six weeks right there that, uh, you know, to try to get the puppy papers back so that they can be given yep. to the to the new owners if, you know, without having to mail them everywhere. But the the easiest way is to go ahead and get the uh, sire and dame registered prior to the litter being born, if possible. Yeah, I understand that side of it. I just didn't know, you know, a lot of these people nowadays is wanting the other dog to have it, and I didn't know if a guy could go out there and get it right before the puppies was born situation. Yeah. Yeah. They, they can do that. Uh, 
like I said, it, it is preferred that way. That way we can get the puppy papers back out, you know, quicker. Okay. Instead of having to wait on the, the you know, DNA to get done on the female. Do you have it broke down to how many dogs is in each breed? Uh, in the DNA registry? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I actually broke that down. We've got uh, right out of 1,150 LMC dogs. We've got 582 treating curves, uh, 286 feist, 155 mountain curves, and 221 hounds. And I won't all the, I didn't go break out the seven specific hound breeds, but uh, 221. And and there may be a couple bird dogs mixed in with the with the hounds, but uh, not many. So you said 155 mountain curves. Yeah, and let me explain what the mountain cur is. That's like I said, it's that's the dogs that are not legacy mountain curs. Um, if you got an OMCBA, a uh, UMCA, a uh, Savings cur, Kimmer cur, you know, a dog that's been that's registrable um, that didn't get in the LMC program, we register them as a mountain cur. Yep. So if you got a mountain cur uh, sire or or dam that you breed to a legacy mountain cur, the puppies will be registered as a mountain cur. Okay. There's 155 mountain curs. How many feists did you say? 286. Goodness gracious! I I'd have thought that they'd have been a lot more mountain curs out there, but well, most of your most of your mountain curs uh, were you know put into the lmc program so yeah. the 155 come after the legacy mountain cur books closed i got you do you have a statistic for the one in this dog ever in nsd oh no that would have been too hard as many hunts as we had yeah. it's just too hard uh <laughs> there's um i know maddie ice greg maynard won the 2015 world hunt with he won it back uh back to back 2014 with homer and 2015 with maddie and maddie also won uh i want to say 2017 with jonathan connor handler yep. so she's the only two-time world champion nsd world champion that we've got so far so so there's only one dog that's won the nsd world twice so far yes yes huh. Well, I'd assume, I was going to ask if it was a statistic for what breeds normally win, but I'd assume since there's so many LMC dogs, they're probably a lot more yeah, likely the, to win. We've had, uh, I think all every world hunt we've had starting in 2014 has been won by a legacy mountain cur except for uh, 2020, which was Woody I got and you. Michael Perkins. I got you. That dog wins everywhere, I think. Oh yeah, he, now, he's he's right up there amongst the the winningest dog. There there's two there's several dogs that come to mind when you say that. But you're if you go back and look at the number of hunts we've had, it's just hard to hard to lay that out on which dogs won the most. Yes, sir. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supplies, a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. 
He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar, check out Timber Creek at TimberCreekSupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7410. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store. I know I jumped ahead several years by talking about the breeds while we was on the breeds. Is there anything that happened in between now and the breeds when you established the breeds? What year was that? 2017, I think is what you said? 2016? Yeah, when we started when we started registry. Yeah, no, nothing's really changed on, on the breeds except for the addition of the legacy mountain curves. Now did anything in the hunting format or maybe locations, any of that change? Yeah, 2017, we, um, the Indiana, Southern Indiana Squirrel Hunters Club, uh, Donnie and Stanley and uh, Jeff Jones, and, and they they hosted our world hunt in 2014, 2015, 2016. Uh, They're at the Perry County Coon Hunters Club, and they done they done a great job. They put on a good hunt every year. Uh, they were a big help, you know, in us getting everything going. But in 2017, uh, we started. We knew we were growing, and and we started looking for a a larger uh, piece of ground that would hold the amount of dogs that we've got, you know, that was participating in the world hunt. Uh, so in 2017, we actually moved the, the NSD World Hunt to Lake Barkley State Resort Park uh, and hunted on LBL. Yes, sir. And for the people that don't know, where is that at? That is in, uh, let's see, where, Katie's, Kentucky. Okay. What, what's the hunting like there? I mean, is it is it real hilly? Uh, well, it's... It's probably not the best uh, hunting ground that you've ever been to, but uh, great venue. It it's a great venue. It's centrally located. Uh, there is some really good hunting down there. Uh, we trail most of the time. We trail a lot of squirrels. Um, it's kind of like uh, you know there we we've got we we usually don't have to worry about guides because we got enough uh, participants that, that can guide a cast. We got maps drawn out with spots. Um, it's it's kind of self-guided uh, where we don't have to have a club, you know, holding, trying to find 20, 25 guys to put us in spots. Um, but the terrain, it's, it's, it's hilly. It's not, uh, I wouldn't really call it mountainous. Uh, in, in some spots it could be, but uh, for the most part, it's just a continuous rolling hills. Yes, sir. And not not little not little hills either. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been, but I was told that they have cabins there you can rent. Uh, Lake Barkley uh, Park, they've got cabins. They've got uh, one reason we moved it there is because we we wanted to find a venue that had everybody kind of in close proximity, uh, where everybody more for the camaraderie and and. Uh, card playing and stuff that goes on after we're done hunting yes sir. Um, it uh it was a very good fit because they've got a i think it was 140 rooms 144 wow. rooms right there on site um and then they've also got uh 
eight eight or twelve cabins slash cottages. So it's a it's a great place to hold a, a squirrel hunt. Um, we we of course that's during normal operate. It, it seems like the last two or three years it's been two years I guess with COVID and things getting canceled and uh, fire last year the the facility caught on fire uh, to the lodge room so it's it's kind of been crazy the last couple of years which we're hoping we can kind of get back to back to normal uh, and having that good venue again yeah now do y'all have it the same weekend every year or is it a general time we have three three hunts that have permanent dates uh the lmc and fast world hunts are the second weekend in december both of them the both of them are held at the same time at lake barkley okay um the i'm trying to think here the national championship is held the second weekend in january and the nsd world hunt is held the second weekend in march is i'm assuming nationals is at lake barkley also no well it has been uh this year for 2022 we are moving that event to Sester, Illinois. Huh. Is it a similar environment or is it? From what I've been told, it's flatter than a pancake. But I mean, do they have on site? No, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be more motel rooms uh, out and about. I think it's a little more rural. Well, probably not more rural, but. It don't have a venue like what Lake Barkley does. I got you. Don't everybody's um, not going to be right there on site. They're not going to be right on site, no. But from what I've from what I've been told, the hunting is is great. It's flat, uh, good walking. Uh, got a lot of game, so we're we're working with uh, the Southern Illinois Wildlife Association, and uh, we're going to see you know take that hunt out there this year and see uh, it will it. The that hunt will follow the last year's format. Uh, we call it the breed nationals, and the reason we do that is because we break out uh, the breeds uh, for this hunt only. So when you show up, you're going to be hunting against uh, the mountain curves. Will be hunting against the mountain curves, the dream curves, the feist, and the hounds. They'll all be hunting against their own breed all the way until we uh, crown a uh, breed champion. Uh, and then for the overall national championship, we take out a four-dog cast. I assume the top four? Top four. four cat, the four breed champions goes out for a battle of the breed's final uh, four-dog final cast. Wow, that sounds pretty fun. It'd be, it'd be kind of cool to have maybe the top ten from every breed throughout the year meet up and and do kind of like you can't draw another mountain cur if you're a mountain cur and see at the end who works down and has the most dogs in the field. yeah there's yeah there's so so many different formats that you could do it's just hard to get everything fit into oh yeah the timeline you're busy enough man i just in my head i thought it would be cool to see if you know, at the end, how many of each percent was in like the last two or three casts? Yeah, it'd be, 
it'd be i mean this this here gives mainly what we're doing is we're looking for breed breed champions and then we're going to crown the national champion by the four breeds last year we i mean the hunt's got potential of being one of the biggest hunts we have um last year it kind of got spoiled we had it at lake barkley but there was six or eight inches of snow come in and it's just it it just killed the event it's not a pretty entry event and uh, it took me me six hours to get to lake barkley when it normally takes me three and a half dang yeah it was it was pretty rough now how do you qualify you got to qualify for the world hunt yep how do you qualify you got to hunt, but we changed the qualifications back in 2019, I think, to where you have to participate in three NSD events, squirrel series events. That could be a pro hunt, that could be a uh, shootout hunt, that could be a division hunt, a state hunt, uh, any hunt that uh, is involved in the squirrel series side of it will count towards that world hunt qualification. All right. Um, is there anything else at the moment you would like to talk about, about the world hunt while we're kind of touching on the world hunt? Uh, yeah, I can. This year, uh, we're making a change on the junior showcase. I kind of mentioned that just a little bit. Um, I've heard it multiple times where, uh, folks have called it the junior world hunt. Uh, technically it hasn't been the junior world hunt. But this year, we are actually going to change the title to uh, NSD Junior World Hunt. Uh, our breeder's reward payout will be uh, paid out on the Junior World Hunt instead of the Junior Showcase. So uh, we are going to do a, a world title for that event. I got you. So there will be a world title for the juniors? Yes. All right. Let's see. So at this moment, do you, are you happy with covering the world hunt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. Going back to the nationals real fast. Uh -huh. We have a junior nationals hunt. Um, we're going to try to separate. Uh, we're going to actually try to have two divisions this year. Telling me afterwards and telling me that for this current year, the junior nationals division one will be 24 months to 36 months and division two will be 23 months and under that's for this current year coming up in 2022-2023 season he said he got to look in at the eligible dogs and they wouldn't but a handful of dogs so he bumped it up so that there'd actually be some participation so like I said, Division 1 will be 24 months to 36 months, and Division 2 will be 23 months and under at the Junior Nationals for the 2022-2023 season. I like that. So we're going, we're, going to get, we're going to give that a shot and see if we can uh, try to break those age groups up just a little bit. But we will have two divisions at the Junior Nationals. And the Junior Nationals is a one-day uh, event, so... Uh, We'll hunt however many rounds we got to get that finished up on, on Friday. I, I really like that. For the guys that doesn't know the the juniors, um, they as long as they're under three, it don't matter if it's eight months old or if it's 
two two years and eleven months old, it's normally hunting against each other. And there's a big difference in a a one year old puppy and a two and a half year old puppy. So it'd be nice to have the two different age groups. Yeah, we're just trying to give some some folks that they're hunting younger dogs to to let them compete against younger dogs and and break it down. But uh, we initially thought about doing that for the for the junior showcase, but with us changing it to a junior world hunt, we think you know it, it's it's a world title. We don't want to divide them up into age groups on the world title because uh, we only want uh, one you know NSD junior world champion. I got you. Now. Oh, something I thought about while I was talking about the world hunt last year, you had the junior world or uh, this year you're going to call it the junior showcase, correct? It'd be the junior. It was junior showcase last year. It'd be okay. junior world this year. Okay. The junior world it's held on Thursday and Friday, correct? Correct. Yes. And the open is Saturday, Sunday. Yes, the NSD World Hunt is on Saturday, Sunday. Okay, and what about, can you hunt a junior dog in the open, or if it hunts in a junior world, it cannot enter the open? The, the no, we, you, we have it on two separate days so that the junior dogs can participate in the World Hunt. Okay, all right. Yeah. Now, uh, these events are two days, correct? They are. There are two days. We we hunt uh, two ninety minute rounds each day. Okay, and for the people that and don't if we know, ever, if, a division hunt normally is three cast in one day. Yeah, usually it's three rounds in one day. Um, for the most part, we got road in there where it can be decided by you know by the participants, but you generally for most of the division hunts, it'll go ninety minute round. The first round has to be ninety minutes. And then each additional round can be 60 minutes after that. Yeah. So, so the guys that doesn't know, if you show up at, uh, Amory, Mississippi for a division one hunt, it's going to be hunted three rounds in one day. You show up for the world, they're going to hunt 90 minutes in the morning, 90 minutes in the afternoon. The next day they're going to hunt 90 minutes in the morning, 90 minutes in the afternoon. Correct. Correct. As long as we stay under, I think it's 81 dogs. Which, for most people listening to this, probably understand why. But squirrels normally move in the morning and the afternoon. And that middle round when there's nothing moving, if you got trying to see good dog work, you don't want to you know, have a middle round when there's nothing moving. That That's the general idea. But now for division hunts, it's you got to – you're talking about a $30 entry fee. Yeah. For most parts. And you don't want, you know, some folks will drive pretty good way. So you don't want to have them hanging over for the next day. Uh, you know, it, you got to condition your dog for the midday rounds. Uh, and it's, you know, that's on the division hunts. That's, that's why we do it that way. Uh, you know, there's not additional cost to the participants. I got you. All right. So let's move on to, you don't allow media, correct? Uh, we don't allow video. Correct? Okay. Is there a reason for that, or? Yeah, we we don't want uh, we don't do live. We like the play by plays. Yeah. Um, 
the live video, I mean, it's good uh, if that's what the organization wants to do. Uh, we don't, we just don't do that. Uh, yeah. Mainly for liability purposes, uh, company wide. Okay. But other than that, you know, it's that's it, just a policy we've got. No recording. Now we will do video productions. Uh, we haven't in a, in a while, but I am looking at bringing those back. The, the little uh, two or three minute videos that we used to do. Uh, yeah. If we if we give you a camera and send you out and ask for you to take video, you know, we we got it wrote in there that that we can do that, and that way we can promote you know, some of these hunts. Yeah. The, the reason I was asking that is obviously we're in a day of electronics. We're talking on a podcast, but you know, so many people watch these. It blows my mind and, and I'm one of them. I'll wake up. I, I don't coon hunt currently. I'm probably finna dab my toe off in that water, but you know, I wake up and watch the lives from the coon hunts on, on Sunday mornings from Saturday night. It's just, I don't know why I get so much enjoyment out of watching it, but I do. So I was just curious right. as to that because that's yeah, the way it's, it's going. We we're there to hunt the dogs. And if you got somebody video and live, um, you know, that handler might not be paying attention to, to what he needs to be doing. Or there's some things that may happen on a cast that, that really don't need to be on live. Uh, there yep. may be, uh, there may be something that, that don't happen. that needs to happen you know, just because it's being videoed. Yeah. Um, there, there's just so much we, with us, we, you know, honestly, we don't, we just don't want the live, live video mainly just to simplify the cast and, and let the, the handlers and the participants worry about their dogs. I understand. I understand that aspect of it. Now, I will say this. I was, I was hoping there was going to be one for the world because I was sitting there waiting on them play by plays. But yeah, well, right there where we're at, even if we allowed them, I don't think we would we would be able to get one. Uh, yeah. It's the the service is just horrible right there. Yeah, uh, it'd be nice if you could record just the world hunt. You know, have somebody tag along and at the end you could upload it. But anyways, yeah, we'll, now that's and that's a, and that's a possibility. I mean, we could we could look at doing that. It's just the yeah. live feed that that you know. Uh, we've decided against. I understand your side of it. Um, so I've heard through the grapevine that NSD is going to be taking over a good bit of the fast hunts. Um, yes. Uh, made that, uh, change this year. Um, we are going to kind of absorb the NFBA. Um, they've asked us to kind of promote the hunts. We're looking at, we haven't got it all ironed out just yet. But we're doing a NSD five series. Uh, we're going to run uh, Dog of the Year, um, Handler of the Year. Looking at several other things. We're even this year we're looking at adding uh, a Breeder of the Year for for NSD Open Hunts as well as the NMC and the and the Feist. Uh, possibly looking at doing a Sire and Dame of the Year uh, for NSD uh, Feist and LMC. I've just got to figure out how to write the code to, to get all that uh, calculating just properly. Uh, I, I do you. all the I do all the coding that, that keeps up with the points and stuff. So uh, got to figure out how to write that. Um, and the fast uh, we're we're looking at. I think we're going. We 
got it written in stone just yet, but we're kind of looking at a, uh, we're going to try to get it in line with the LMC uh, dog of the year race. Uh, we're going to have what we call NSD ma uh, FICE majors. That's basically the state hunts. Uh, we're going to look at having, I think, eight, uh, seven or eight hunts. We are, we kind of going to either have a very short season this year or we're going to roll it into a very long 2023 season uh, series year. We haven't figured out the, all the logistics of it just yet, but uh, we're going to have that coming up. We'll, we'll have all that, probably have all that posted and listed before, you know, before this podcast comes out. Okay. Yeah, this it'll be a few weeks before this comes out, so. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else on the Feist side that you want to talk about? Um, we do our Feist and LMC program a little bit different. Uh, the dogs do not have to be enrolled each year. They just have to be registered in the DNA registry. Um, the FICE, we do have FICE junior events, and we also have uh, LMC junior events. Those dogs have to be, you know, for the, to be eligible for the junior hunts, they have to be permanently registered, just like, you know, with the NSD junior stuff. Um, <clears throat> the FICE has to be 18 inches and under to participate in the FICE only uh, events. Okay. All right. So 18, 18 inches and under, no no weight requirement? No weight requirement. Um, we we initially started with a 30-pound weight uh, limit, but I saw real quick, you know, finally talked over to the guys. I said, you know, the, the weight can be manipulated. Uh, we don't want, you know, folks to starve an overweight dog just to get it below a weight you know the height can't be the height can't be manipulated so yeah. let's just let's just roll with it i and, gotcha. uh, that's what we did so the nfba boys is going to be coming over to the nsd this year well nsd they've been operating under nsd uh for the last two years okay. um they they they've been going by our rules our uh hunt rules and and things like that we've been running kind of a a uh, series dog of the year race you know with with what they were doing uh, but this year we're we're looking to uh, roll it into an nsd fast program five series and and promote it and move it forward uh, you know that and try to promote these major events we're also looking at doing some i guess you kind of call them a club hunt yeah. Um, where you could have some fast only events. Um, the majors would be the only ones that were included for the dog of the year race. The club events would be for clubs that just wanted to basically like a division hunt for the fast. Uh, but it would be uh, the $30 entry fee and, and fast only hunts that would count towards their champion titles only. Okay. While we're talking about titles. What do you want to explain how the titles work for Tyler and your dog? Yeah, we've got uh, three titles that that you can get. It's a squirrels, uh, squirrel series or squirrel champion, grand squirrel champion, and hall of fame. If it's just a normal squirrel champion, grand champion, or hall of fame dog, they were earned in the NSD uh, squirrel series events. 
uh, we have a Feist Squirrel Champion, Feist Grand Squirrel Champion, and Feist Hall of Fame, which the point system is identical to all of these titles. Uh, and then we also have them for the LMC. The way you champion your dog out is you have to have a first place win in one of the, we'll, we'll talk about the NSD side of it. You have to have a first place win in an NSD squirrel hunt, squirrel series event with plus points scored uh, and then 500 champion points. So once you accumulate the first place win and 500 points, uh, you become a squirrel champion. Okay. Uh, to to reach a grand squirrel champion, all that's erased, and you start all over. Now you have to win two NSD squirrel series events with plus points score, uh, scored and accumulate another 500 points. So okay. once you once you meet that and grand your dog out, then you move up to the Hall of Fame. That's what you're working for. All, all the grand squirrel points are gone. You start all over. Now you have to win three NSD squirrel hunts with plus points scored and have an additional thousand points. Well, wow. so it's, it's the titles are not, uh, very easy to come by. Yeah, um, for sure. And the guys, uh, first place is not automatically a hundred points. It depends on how many dogs show up. Whenever we first started the, uh, squirrel series we we had we were only giving points away for the first five places and if i remember correctly we might not even been giving points away at all i think it might have been uh based on wins i think our our champion title was based on wins uh which as you know everything's kind of evolved and uh now we give uh play you know champion points based off of 10 placements and it, if you don't have a full, uh, to get full points, you have to have 10 dogs. Uh, if you don't have 10 dogs, it's, it goes on a prorated uh, point scale. Yeah. And uh, all that's listed on the website to see how many points. So if you, if you only have four dogs at your hunt and you get a first place win, you've got, uh, you know, as long as you score a squirrel sometime during that hunt, you've got a first place win towards your squirrel champion title. But you only get forty points. Yeah, forty of so the five hundred. Forty of the five hundred. You've got four hundred sixty more to go. Now, if you had ten dogs, you would get a hundred points, correct? You get a hundred points, and if you had, if you won a state hunt, um, those points are double for the state hunt and the world hunt. Okay. All right. So, is there anything else on the titles you want to talk about? I don't know. I think you pretty much hit them all. Yeah, I think we got them all. Right as of right now, we've got uh, I'm gonna say twelve Hall of Fame dogs is what we've got. Well, right now. that's a, that's what two thousand points and uh, yeah six six wins plus point yep. wins. Yep, that's pretty incredible. So. Last year, how many do you did you keep up with how many dogs hunted last year in a competition? Yeah, uh, I keep up with all that. We had three hundred and forty-two dogs actually participate in a squirrel series event. Okay. Do you know how many hunts? Uh, yeah, we had uh, thirty-four divisions in nineteen states. 
and it ended up having 130 total NSD squirrel hunts. That's not including the feist and the LMC stuff. Wow. So no, so not including the feist and the LMC, you had 19 states. 19 states and 130 squirrel hunts. Wow. That's a lot. Those those hundred and thirty squirrel hunts, I get the paperwork for all of that and put every bit of that in the system. So it's uh it's a lot. Yeah, for sure. And while we're talking about hunts, let's talk about uh if somebody wanted to host a hunt, how would they go about saying, you know what, I I think I'd like to host a hunt in my area. How do I do it? We've uh, migrated the, we used to have a division license application that, that you filled out. The The biggest thing that we don't require a person to have a club or anything like that. The biggest thing that the only, really only thing that we require is, is one, you got a little bit of knowledge of how the, the hunts work. And then two is uh, you're able to obtain a uh, field trial permit that allows the out-of-state hunters, you know, to come and hunt in your event. And with the exception of Alabama, uh, they, they passed a law where they don't, in Alabama, pretty much if you hunt in one of their hunts, you have to purchase a a hunting license. Supposed to purchase a hunting license. from an NSD standpoint, the law says you have yeah. to yeah, yeah, you yeah. have to purchase a license to to participate in Alabama. Well, so, I'm just saying I've I've heard several people say that oh they don't never check you. I would I would buy a license if it were me. Well, but, and I was told today that there was a, a couple that was called at a uh, uh, filming of a squirrel hunt uh, didn't have. I mean, was just in the in the woods with the dogs, and they got a five hundred and seventy dollar ticket because they did not have a license. Wow, for just so, videoing. For just video. That's expensive to shoot one with a camera. It sure is. <laughs> I hope they trade some squirrels. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> now, you kind of have a a distance, so if. Joe Blow wants to have one in this part of the state. You don't let them have it within so far in the same way. Well, weekend. we don't. We right. We don't restrict the club from holding hunts or the or the individual from holding the hunts. But we do have a. Uh, it's three hours or two hundred miles, uh, kind of radius that we we try to stick to uh, for same day events. If uh, we have had to approve a couple of them where uh, we had some scheduling conflicts and stuff, but you know we try our best to to stay away from uh, you know within that range where they're they're a few hours away or a couple hundred miles. Yes, sir. And once they decide that they want to fill out the application to host a hunt, they got to go in and get you a venue location, correct? Yep, they got to give me an address, a hunt director, and the hunt director is the person that, that runs the event. They're, our, they're NSD's point of contact. Uh, they are responsible for sending in the paperwork. They're responsible. That's who we send the hunt packets to. Um, 
they are pretty much our point of contact for everything that that communicates between us and, and them. Yes, sir. And in the and in the hunt pack, there is everything. There's rules, scorecards, um, how you're supposed to do do the money. All of it. It's all in that yeah. one one location. Yeah. So it's not rocket science. Right. We send out a hunt packet. Uh, it's it goes out in a three ring binder, and we've got. Uh, I, I know the person that puts them together uh, very well. Uh, we we try to separate. That'd be me. <laughs> uh, I separate each individual forms with a uh, some type of cardstock, and that, you've got every form that you need. Uh, you've got your enrollment form, your handler license form, your uh, entry form, results form, hunt report form, where you break down. I mean, everything you had. Uh, handler misconduct dog fights i mean it's all there scorecards labels uh, we send all that to you yeah so so the guys that's newer that has pleasure hunting for years and decide that they would like to host a hunt because there's nowhere near one near not because there's one not close to them it's not like it's going to be something that's going to come up that for the most part that you're not going to know what to do it's right. pretty much and, all laid and, out. And usually if if we got somebody that's new, uh, we try to get somebody uh, over there to them. Uh, now that it's just me, and we, we didn't really hit on that, but I, I bought my partner out uh, back in 2020. So now it's just me. It's harder for me to, to just up and run around everywhere. Uh, Sean decided he wanted to go back fishing, so uh, <laughs> I could I couldn't get I couldn't get him to buy me out. So here we are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know we we try to get somebody over you know in that area that's hunted an NSD hunt before to go over and help them. Um, we have looked at possibly. Uh, of course, I sit down with any of them and and go over the paperwork and. They've got a good idea, and most of the people that's uh, that's holding the hunts have held some type of coon hunt, squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, you know, some type of event before. Yeah. So it's it, it's all very similar uh, in nature, just you know, different forms. And you get the GPS location because back to the app, you go under events and you click on the hunt. And it comes up with direct uh, a GPS coordinate, which can take you to the venue. Well, yes, and we had an incident that happened, and uh, wasn't last year. I think it was year before, um, where the street address didn't line up. So, pretty much what I do is I try to get the hunt director to send me a pin where I know the exact building that they're meeting in. Yeah. And I put that GPS coordinates on there, and that way it it's you punch that in, and it hopefully it will get you there. I got you. All right. So what have we not touched on? Is there anything you can think of that we have not touched on? I know you pulled some statistics, and we've talked a lot of statistics. Is there any that we haven't covered that you pulled? Uh, I think we we about hit. Uh, I know we went over the, you know. Moving forward to, to last year's world hunt, I know we hit on it, uh, on the participants. We had uh, 20, in, in the 2021 
world score hunt, we had 71 entries. Uh, Is that both combined? No, that's just our world hunt. That's 71 entries for the world hunt. Now, that's not the junior. That's just no, the, but we the, had, the uh, I think we had, I want to say we had 29 juniors. Wow. I think. So, but that, the 71 was just uh, the NSD world hunt. Um, Gary Smith and Hostile Cash won last year's world hunt. Uh, yeah. At LBL. That was that was actually the third year we've had seventy-one entries. We we well, we haven't we that's the most we've ever had, and we've hit it three times. We haven't ever went over seventy-one just yet. I'm I'm trying to get qualified for it. I was told it was a, a pretty good place to even take your family over there. Well, I I'll be honest with you. When we were looking around, we we wanted to find a place that you could take your family and, and kind of have it as a, a little getaway too. Um, I took my family up whenever we were looking at the place. Eric Feimster, Alabama, told me about Lake Barkley. And uh, I went up and, and took a look at it. We stayed all night there. Uh, they've got a nice indoor pool when it's open. Uh, you have to call and make sure that, that it's open. Uh, we've yep. had some bad luck. Uh, of course, last last year was horrible. Uh, for the March hunt, you know, the, uh, the tornado come through, uh, yeah. it, it split and went right around us. Uh, so we ended up, we, we had usually in December, we have to meet in a, uh, conference room upstairs, um, to do our draw out and stuff. The convention center is normally, uh, taken for an event right there that close to Christmas. Yeah. Uh, last year we had to draw out in the foyer of the of the restaurant because there was no power where the tornadoes <laughs> that was that was the big tornado that that killed several people uh it good lord was with us on that one because it went there was one went above us one went right below us uh we were standing out on the back deck and and i could hear it going across to mayfield kentucky that's and uh that's a scary feeling we had one come it, through our it, town a few back several years ago and it completely destroyed the town yeah it was that was the one that that it hit a candle factory and and all kinds of stuff over there and killed several people but it it was it was a bad deal but those portions of lbl that was just gone uh several of the cast went and they come back and they said where we were going is not there no more (laughs) so it it kind of come across uh i mean when we were heading back home the one that went lower than us they was uh trash can receptacles and everything on the interstate and there wasn't no houses anywhere around so i don't mm-hmm. know where they come from but uh we just had a lot of, of bad luck with that you know uh then we go back in january for nationals and there's six to eight inches of snow yeah so uh then we go back for our world <laughs> in march and we had uh three or four inches of snow that turned into three inches of rain on sunday Ooh. so it it Last year's uh, events there, we just we didn't have much luck with the weather, but we still had a good good hunt, good turnout, and good fellowship. So, so for the people that bring their family, there is an indoor swimming pool. In big indoor swimming pool, there's a game room downstairs uh, where they've got uh, air hockey, several arcade games, uh, all that stuff. Uh, they've got the LBL's got a planetarium 
You can go in and kind of watch a little light show. Um, there's a buffalo and elk pen that you can take your family and drive through. They have buffalo and elk. Uh, there's actually a my wife and I took our little girl up to uh, she's not so little anymore, but uh, twenty. 17 she was a lot smaller but we took her up to there's a animal rescue way on up in the north part of the park and it had red wolves and owls snakes birds all kinds of different birds and uh it was pretty neat to take you know go up and see yeah now y'all have a banquet also don't you uh normal under normal circumstances we do um we all hand out the plaques for the state races and Yeah, last year it was more of an awards presentation. We didn't do the the banquet meal. Usually we have a, a banquet meal uh, before COVID hit. Anyway, we had a buffet style uh, banquet meal. You'd go through, get you get your food and stuff, and then we handed out. Whenever we had the coon hunt and the squirrel hunt, we there was times we were handing out over a hundred plaques and you know forty fifty jackets. Uh-huh. Uh, Whenever we, we, this year we went to just the squirrel hunts and we handed out uh, roughly, I think it was 64 plaques and 18 or 17 or 18 jackets, somewhere around in there. Yeah. So, but uh, it, it's a lot of fun, especially when we have the meal uh, to get to sit around and, and talk to everybody and, and uh, meet. It's, it's a good time. I got you. It sounds like a real good time. You know, it, y'all seem to, to be giving back and having, I guess, a lot more fellowship. We, the the few I've been to, there's a lot of fellowship going on, but it's everybody's in the hotel, you know, motels, whatever. So, it'd be nice for everybody to be in one spot. Yeah, the 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 hunts at LBL, they're they're a lot of fun. Everybody's right there close. Uh, you can kind of hang out. Uh, like I said, it's been a little different. When we were doing the the uh banquet meal uh and if you know once we ever go back to that usually what we do is we hand out a little ticket uh mm-hmm. that you can drop drop in a uh, coffee can or something that when you go through the line that helps us count to match up to what lake barkley charges us yeah uh, bo butler he he will be able to instruct anybody that they better have that ticket or Sean Robinson will turn you around and <laughs> send you, send you back to get it. So, oh. uh, yeah, that, that, that's a funny story there. So now is that is, I'm assuming this place with the indoor swimming pool and all is, is a hotel. Is that correct? No, it's not a hotel. It's the, it's actually an activity center. Uh, it's got racquetball, um, I'm not exactly sure what all it's got. It's a separate place. Um, I want to say it's an Olympic-sized pool, but I don't hold me to that. Well, where's uh, the rooms big, at in relation to this? The rooms, the usually at the World Hunt, we'll meet in the convention center, and the the rooms are right there. It there's a restaurant. A uh, they used to have a buffet, which with COVID, I don't think they're ever going to do a buffet again. Yeah. Um, but the, from what I was told, uh, I, I called and checked just uh, a couple of weeks ago. They they do plan on having a restaurant open where you can order. You know, go go sit down, order, and uh, get your food there. Um, there's a restaurant. There's the rooms. You just walk out the restaurant down. There's 
it's all, all this is right on Lake uh, Barkley. Uh, your rooms, if you, especially if you're on the upper level, you can look straight out and you're right on the water. Well, um, the rooms are, it's kind of like a horseshoe, uh, shape, all the rooms. And, and I want to say there's a 140 something rooms or something like that, 120, 140. Um, you come straight out of the rooms and walk right to the convention center. Don't have to drive. Don't have to do nothing. You just walk straight to the convention center. Now the cabins and cottages are on they're on up the road a little ways uh you have to drive up to them but they're i mean three four minutes away as nice as this place sounds i'm assuming it's not pet friendly uh i think you can it just depends on which room you get in but we have uh i know several folks have had i think the cottages are i think you just have to pay a deposit yeah I had to uh, stick my dog in my suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) He's just an old house dog. Yeah. So I I assume the the guys tie him out out there outside the, or they just leave him in the box. I'm for the most part, you know, they'll, they'll stay in the box, but they, they'll tie him out while we're, while we're all around. It Uh, sounds like a pretty fun environment. It's fun. It's one of the, one of the best uh, venues in squirrel hunting that I've, you know, that I've been to, um, I wish we could have, you know, the terrain that everybody wants, but we tree squirrels, we have a good time of fellowship and, and it's, it's a good time. Yes, sir. It sounds like a real good time. So, all right. Well, did you have any, I know I cut you off while ago. You read off a statistic about the world hunt, 71 dogs in the world hunt. The last three years have been 71. That's pretty impressive. Is there well, any- it wasn't a, it wasn't technically the last three years with COVID. It kind of dipped just a little bit, but we've had out of all the world hunt, seventy one's been our our most entries, and we've we've hit it three years. We just haven't been able to get over it. And like I said, if it goes over eighty, I think it's eighty one dogs. If yep. it goes over eighty one, uh, as soon as it hits eighty two, that rolls us into five rounds. So well, we'll have to look at at how we're gonna you know proceed with that but um we'll worry about that when we get there do you have to pre-register the world hunt is pre-entry yes it's Um, pre-entry yep it's a hundred dollar entry fee um we've got a set deadline of when it's supposed to be in uh we used to mail entry forms but the way the mail service has got here lately it's hard to uh it's just hard to, to get bail where it needs to go in a timely manner. So last year, most of the entries was taken on the app or the store on the website. Uh, now, and I'm not going to cut you off this time. So, so you, do you have any other statistics before I ask this next question? Uh, I, did I, did I mention that we had 270 dogs place in a squirrel series event last year? I, you did not. Okay, there was actually 270 different dogs that actually placed in the NSD squirrel hunt last year. Well, and after this, we hope it grows. We hope it grows. Uh, I guess the last thing I've got a question about is you, you rolled out a new format this year. Yep, we've got the NSD Pro Series, and I'm not sure if that's the format you're talking about. It is. But... Uh, but we, we rolled out the 
<clears throat> NSD Pro Series. That's going to consist of nine hunts. It's going to be 18 dogs in each event. Uh, most of those events are already full. I think we still have a few uh, entries left in Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and Missouri. Um, so once we get those full, um, basically what we've done is the entry fee for that, that series is going to be $300. We're going to pay out the hunt winners based off a $200 payout scale. Uh, $50 of that entry fee will be used for cast winners uh, to get a little bit of their money back that don't make it to the final round. Uh-huh. And then $50 of that entry fee will be put into a uh, escrow for a nine-dog event that will take place at the on the Friday of the world hunt. Okay. So it's it's a series. It is it it's it's not technically a series because the points don't really accumulate. Um, I guess we call it a pro series because it's a series of events, um, but it's not really based on the the squirrel series of accumulating points. The way you get into that nine dog final is uh, you have to win one of those nine hunts. And yeah, okay. just for just for example, if all if all those hunts fill up at eighteen dogs, um, the nine dogs will be participating for eighty one hundred dollars. Well, at the that Friday. So if you win the very first one, there's no I mean other than to hunt it, you, you already qualify for the one of the nine. You're qualified for the one of the nine. However, if you go to another event. That's what's one of those go. pro series hunts. Uh, you could win that hunt. Uh, if you win more than one hunt. So it, the nine dogs at the, at the end of the year, basically what we're going to do is the, the escrow amount that we've got, say it was $8,100. You divide that by nine. So it's basically a $900 per dog. That's, that's in the, the escrow amount. Uh-huh. Uh, if you win more than one hunt, you're technically knocking a dog from being in that event. So you're going to get that dog's portion of that overall pot before, you know, the, the hunt takes place. So if you win two events and it's a, it's a full $8,100 pot, you're going to get $900 uh, whenever you show up to that hunt. And then the rest of the dogs will be participating for the 7,200 that's left. That's pretty cool. I, I was thinking it might be a deal to where you could, choose which one you wanted and if your buddy come in second place on one of them you could be like you know i wanted to win this other one and let him get in but i don't feel like many people is going to want to do that over the 900 dollars. no i mean <laughs> yeah you're gonna you, if you win three or four i mean it just keeps shaving off the the amount you know the the money that you, that you're earning by winning those events yeah so that's pretty cool and, and it looked like they was all filling up is there any that at this moment that's not full uh, like I said, I think there's two or three events uh, or two or three entries left at the Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, and then I think there's several still left in the Missouri uh, hunt there. If there's spots open still, how would somebody go about finding them? I have developed a, a entry system that we're going to be using going forward. Um, I haven't posted it just yet it's fixing we just now got all the entries that uh, has been recorded into the system 
basically, you'll be able to go to the NSD app or the website and click on uh, book an entry, and you'll be able to go to each one of those hunts and, and book one of those 18 entries. If there's already 18 entries in there, it won't let you book. Uh, you won't be 19. It won't let you. It won't let the booking uh, go through. Okay, and that'll be on the app, correct? It will be on the app. It'll be on the app. I'll post it on Facebook, and uh, it'll also be on our website. Okay, and for y'all that don't know, there is a Facebook app. Uh, I'm sorry, a Facebook group, NSD. So that, there's a lot of information shared in there. Um, while we're talking about entries, a division hunt, people can just show up for $30 division hunts. You don't have to pre-register, correct? Correct. Now, what hunts do you have to register for? The only pre-entry hunt we have is the, is the world hunt where you actually have to pay your entry, uh, prior to the event. The, uh, pro series events that we're having, uh, it's a booking. You have to book it, but you're. You're liable for it. Uh, if you book an entry, we did make a change this year. If you book an entry and do not uh, show up or pay that entry uh, before five days, within five days from the hunt, uh, you'll be assessed a uh, – you'll have to pay the, the a fine, which is the entry fee plus, I think, $50. And if it's not paid, you know, before the five days is up, then that handler who booked the entry will be suspended for one year after the fine has been paid. So it's from the date, it'll be one year from the date the fine's paid. I got you. And what happens if it's not paid? They're suspended. They're uh, they'll, they'll be, yeah, well, they'll be suspended until, you know, until it, it's paid. Plus they'll have to, you know, go the one year suspension. Okay. All right. Have y'all ever thought about, I guess, supply and demand, making it to where you actually have to book hunts to try to fill them up, not being, not letting just whoever show up show up, having to say eighteen dog hunts, or is that not yeah, really I mean, a consideration? That, well, the eighteen dog hunts, they're all being booked. Uh, the only ones that that you know, that's the only ones that are actually being booked. If we have some nine dog events or or 18 or 27 dog events that come up, we'll probably use the booking system that we've got, uh, entry system. Uh, but the the division hunts is just show up, uh, come on and hunt, and then uh, our world hunts pre-entry. And the world hunt, there's no refunds on the world hunt unless your dog comes in heat. And if it does come in heat, then there's a 21-day notice put on the dog if it participates in any other organization within that 21 days you know there'll be a fine assessed uh to that dog okay all right so i think we've touched on just about all of it is there anything that i left out not that i can really think of i think it's two hours that we've been yeah yeah i think we've think we've about hit everything i just uh just like to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, Perina is our exclusive dog food sponsor. Uh, Garmin has been uh, a sponsor pretty much since inception. Uh, we got uh, uh, Bob Osborne with uh, Timber Creek. You got James Atwell with Nighttime Hunt Supply. You've got Mule Brand Clothing, Okie Dog Supply. 
all those guys have been real good to us over the years. Uh, we appreciate them. We we thank all of our, our participants because this, this thing wouldn't – the hunt directors, clubs, participants, none of this would even be possible without, you know, any of them. Yeah. And uh, we've we've got such a good group of people. I've met I've met so many people through messing with these old dogs that uh, you know I would have never ever had met. And and folks don't realize, you know, like you said earlier, what it takes to put these hunts on. It takes everybody stepping up, uh, judging a cast, uh, guiding a cast. You know, Tom Smith, he. Everybody knows Tom Smith's a hound head. Um, yeah. He 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 come all the way down to the world hunt, LMC world hunt. Actually, I think he handled the LMC dog, which was kind of weird looking at. But he come all the way down, and he I mean he helped judge. He was there, you know, all the way through. Ryan Clancy helped a lot, you know, at the hunt. There's so many people that that's helped that you can't really go through and name everybody. Because uh, you'll you'll miss I'll miss somebody and uh, they'll be mad at me. But yeah, I just want just want everybody to know that that we appreciate all their support, all the participants and and handlers and owners. Uh, it takes everybody to make it work. Yes, sir. It, it sure does. The you know the sponsors they they go a long ways in in helping put these hunts on. Yeah, well, Perina, uh, you know. Some folks they're, they're like, you don't have uh, dog food at the at the events. Well, Perina, where we do our national championship hunt, Perina sponsored the two thousand dollar purse that we pay out. Well, so that's that's where the the dog food and stuff goes. It, it's you know, <laughs> yeah, they, you know, it's paid out in in the cash money that we pay out. So even though you don't see some of the stuff there, don't mean they're not doing anything. I, I understand. I understand that that in the community, man, it, it takes a lot. And I want to tell these guys that's pleasure hunting. You know, I enjoy pleasure hunting. I love shooting them. Uh, ain't nothing more I love than on a cool morning shooting squirrels out of a tree. But the fellowship, you know, the, the the competition side of it gets a bad stigma for everybody arguing and everybody fighting. And I'm not going to sit here and say that there's not, a little bit of that going to go on. It don't matter where you're at. You can go to church and find a fight. But, yep. you know, it's some of the best people and some of the most fun I've had the past year getting into a little bit of these hunts that that I found. It's, 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 a, it's a place to be competitive, and it's also a place to slap each other on the shoulder and joke and cut up and laugh. So, you know, I encourage guys. And and also to see how your dog stacks up to, to dogs that you normally wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't be hunting with. Well, that's the reason that I technically started, and I really don't want to get on me, but just to, to show maybe a pleasure hunter, it's easy to say you got a good dog until, it, I'm sorry, it's easy to say you got a good dog if you never lined up against somebody else's dog in the same woods at the same time. And... You know, I just wanted to see where I stood. So I went and I tried it and I fell in love with it. It's a lot of fun. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I enjoy it as much as I enjoy shooting them, but it is a lot of fun to the camaraderie and the watching the dogs work. And it's a game. It's a game. It's what it is. It's a game to play. That's what I try to tell everybody that all it is, it, I mean, it's, 
it's a game with a set of rules, and we're there to see what dog prevails on that day by those set of rules. You're kind of like the baseball coach. You know, the dogs like the kids on the field, and you're calling pitches. So, you know, it's it's yep. strategy. It's it's a game, and and at the end of it, everybody for the most part's happy and joking. Now, I don't like losing, but at the end of it, I'm happy to be there. So. You know. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I originated with, with being a pleasure hunter. Probably one of the first squirrel competition hunts I was in. I was ready to quit. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot different. It's a lot different. Pleasure hunting and competition hunting. It took it me is. a long time to figure that out. Mr. Chad Murphy was the one that was giving me the lesson that day. <laughs> uh, very, very good. Chad, he's awesome. He... <laughs> I still remember to this day, I forget what I was doing. It, it, he wouldn't let me do anything that I wasn't supposed to do. His his little saying was, Mr. Emman, I don't think you need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I was learning the rules as we went, but uh, but Chad helped me along that day for sure. Well, that's very valuable. Uh, uh, get on there and read the rules. You, you need to, to have a dog that will tree a squirrel and hold the tree, and you need to know the rules. Yeah, if you don't if you don't know the rules, you don't know, you know, it, other people's going to know the rules. Let's just yeah. let's just say that. And they're uh, going to let you learn the hard way. Uh, well, a lot of a lot of times we'd learn twenty five and thirty dollars at a time. I mean, it's not their fault, and I hate to put me like this, but it's not their fault that you didn't learn the rules. Everybody's exactly. got the rules to read. You know, it, it's not their and, fault that you didn't read them. And that's why we have the the Facebook group. Uh, you know, we got uh, NSD Squirrel Hunters. That's our Facebook group. Uh, we've got uh, NSD Legacy Mountain Curves, and then we will have the NSD uh, Fast Hunters, uh, if that's what we decide to call it. But if you don't know the rules, uh, get on there and and ask. There ain't the only stupid question is one that's not asked. Yeah. You know, we we got a good group of guys that's that's willing to help and. Uh, now I'm not going to say you might not catch a little slack uh, from not knowing the rules. <laughs> well, but for the most part, you know everybody's willing to help you out. And if if you're on the app and you read the rules, and you don't want to do it publicly, I'm not going to say I, I I know every one of them by heart, but I know for the most part of and Chris and there's several people that you see in these pages. You can personal message them, and they don't mind answering a question right quick now they're probably not going to want to write out every every rule but if you have a a question or two they're not going to mind answering it right and we get you know i get calls regularly on interpret rule interpretations and things like that so it, it you know i'm always willing to help the number you know we got the nsd office number uh you can call it and everything so i you know if you got any questions i'll be glad to help any way i can yeah the funny part about that is 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 it it gives you two different options and both of them come to you <laughs> it don't matter if i had 50 they were all still <laughs> gonna come to me oh but it, the I, reason the reason we we did that we got a, a phone system basically well one i'm i'm a, a telephone technician that works on phone system so i was i kind of knew what i wanted but when we initially started the uh, book and the entries, we tried to do it over the phone and we had to have a queue set up where people would go into a queue because there's only two of us answering the phones. 
so we didn't want people getting a busy signal. But, yeah. Uh, we, we've ended up just keeping it. Um, you call that number, it at least tells me whenever you press one or two, it at least tells me what you're calling about. I see. So if I'm, if I'm sitting somewhere where I've got access to a, you know, if it's a squirrel series event, I know pretty much I can look it up on my phone if I need to. If it's something about the DNA registry, uh, for questions on that, I pretty much got to be sitting in front of a computer. I understand. So that kind of gives me a leeway of what I'm fixing to be walking into. Okay. So the earliest I've seen, I guess right before we go, the earliest squirrel hunt I've seen on the app was September. Was it September or October? We we have a dead period from the last week in May, or I think I'd modified it a little bit this year, but from June, July august is dead we don't allow any squirrel hunts whatsoever the first squirrel hunts start back up the first weekend in september and even even at that it's still eh, still not ideal conditions but we got to get the hunts in well i hadn't been on there in a couple of weeks but the last time i looked the first hunt was at this moment in october now i know you're still taking hunts if somebody wanted to book a hunt in september i'm sure you'd still take it but yeah well we we've been i've been modifying the the system to accommodate some of these other races that we're going to have this year so i had to get all that changed before i could put in the 2022 squirrel series the spring hunts Mm -hmm. so i'm a little behind on that stuff uh simply because i had to write a bunch of code and uh and dealing with some layoffs at work and all that good stuff so it's I'm, it's down to the wire right here, but if you look here in the next couple of weeks, you're going to see a lot more hunts on the calendar. Okay, so so should be by the time this comes out in a few weeks, there ought to be yes up to date ish. The, the full schedule should be now. We allow hunt directors to schedule hunts all the way up until they have to be the hunts have to be scheduled no later than December 31st. And that's not the day that the hunt is, but they have to have them on the books uh, February the I want to say February the 11th or 12th is the cutoff date for the, the Squirrel Series events. Okay. All right. Well, at this moment, I don't guess I have any other questions. So if you if you think of something before we get off, you know, I know you're wanting to cover it all at one time, and we can have you back on. Hey, if you want back on here, I'm just trying to get everybody's questions answered at one time. If you can think anything. What? Yeah, I can't think of anything. I mean, we've covered a lot of material. <laughs> in two hours and over two yeah, hours, so yeah. It's, um, hopefully, they'll be able to go back and listen if they do have some questions. And if not, uh, you know, our numbers uh, on the website or on the app, and they can give us a call and we'll be glad to help. Okay. I keep saying we, but it's not we, it's me. So yeah, well. uh, I'll be glad to I'll be glad to help anyway. <laughs> anyway I, can. I got you. I got you. Well. Mr. Jimmy, if you don't have nothing else, I'm going to cut us out of here. I do not. I appreciate the time and and allowing us to be on. And you guys are doing a great job in in promoting the sport. And uh, if I can ever do anything to help y'all, you just let me know. We sure will. And thank you for coming on and and filling these guys out. So you have a good night. All right. All right. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.